0: While you were sleeping Your babies grew The stars shined And the shadows moved Time flew The phone rang There was a silence When the kitchen sang songs competed like kids for space we stared for hours in our
1: maker's face you're listening to a single tree podcast that was elvis perkins we thought we would introduce you to some of the music that we love and it was kind of no choice we had to choose elvis perkins uh because i don't know he kind of represents some things to us that are Um. yeah, seemed to fit us pretty well. And so Elvis Perkins is kind of a weird dude. He's kind of a folky
2: weird (laughs) indie troubadour. A little bit nonsensical. Yeah. But can be pretty profound too. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah. So check out some Elvis Perkins. We're going to
1: continue our discussion about how to reconcile some of the differences that seem to be, um, I don't know, just uh, bogging down conversation in our culture uh, about the political landscape and, and convictions that people have about that and, and um, you know some of the breakdowns in relationships that might be happening because of some of those differences that people have. We talked a little bit the last time about, um, you know, being able to understand what's behind people's values about, you know, which which manifests themselves in their political views, but also probably are um, their very personal uh, views that they have about themselves and other people. And just about how if we can understand um, other people's what's going on inside them, we maybe can understand their their position a little bit better. Today we're going to talk about it with a little bit different frame, and talk about differences between uh, progressive views and conservative views, uh, which that's you know, kind of in the name, you know, progressive views. Um, typically are ones that have a value of uh, wanting things to change and evolve and conservative views typically would be wanting to be able to preserve what already is and you know the positive things about uh, what's happened in the past or about a certain entity and you could apply that in many different situations so you know as organisms, families, as people, as people groups, even organizations, you know, uh, there's kind of, we can take a progressive, um, approach to those things, wanting things to change. And we can also take a conservative view or approach to those things, wanting to preserve what's positive about it. And that's just kind of the life cycle. That's what happens. Mm people grow and change but they don't grow and change too fast so
2: yeah yeah these forces are at work at all times and one cannot exist without the other yeah yeah it's a little bit like good and evil right
1: <laughs> so sometimes we have trouble understanding what is the point of you know, evil or bad things happening, right? Mm-hmm. But if we're really thinking of things in a non-dualistic non way, then we have to believe that both are necessary.
2: They may even complement one another. Yeah. Necessary might not even be the right
1: word. They're just, they just are. Yeah. (laughs) They are woven into all of existence at all times, good and evil. And, and the, the, uh, kind of the natural, um, quality of things and of life itself to grow and move forward and progress is also sort of a inextricable part of existence but also that it doesn't happen very quickly <laughs> if change if change happens too quickly you know it's just it's
2: chaos yeah it feels like chaos and you know a lot of harm can come from too much change too quickly in mm-hmm. some ways I suppose you know mm-hmm. and so It can be good for us to find pace, or you know, there there can be good and um, wanting we'll to to keep things or to pre- preserve things that we feel are um, good and healthy and beneficial for us, and um, you know, it can be good for us to. To move forwards and move forward and, and change some things as well, and I think it's easy to see how or look at those two things and and you know maybe see how they're opposite and working against one another, um, and I think that that's an easy an e- easy thing to do you know, it's, it's, it's easy to see how, Oh, you know, there's this progressive and conservative movement and see how they're in opposition to one another. And, uh, but that's, and that's really ingrained in the dialogue. Mm -hmm. It seems like, you know, in our, in our society that, that it's the opposition and, um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's in our mentality. It's in our emotions about it. It's it's in how we conceptualize it. It's so strong, you know, that I I think we are kind of suffering from that. You know, our our, our dialogue about it, even the words we use. Um. because i th- I think there could be great benefit in seeing how uh they could complement one another mm-hmm. yeah, liberals tend to think of conservatives as
1: rigid, overly rigid, you know, that they're just you know not wanting anything to change, and conservatives might view liberals or progressives kind of the other the other way, you know that they're just kind of out there, right, and, and um you know, not grounded or something like that. Sure, yeah. Right? So that's kind of in the dialogue. I thought it was interesting that you said that we're suffering from that, you know, and I took that to mean, you know, it's not just the dialogue that's suffering, but even in our own rigidity or unwillingness to see the value in the other side that we're, also suffering
2: individually, is that... Yeah, I mean individually (laughs) and collectively, right? I Mm -hmm. mean, the suffering manifests, I think, in a lot of different ways, but it looks like this collective angst or stress or heaviness, Mm -hmm. right? And, of course, we're feeling that on, you know, an individual level as well, and that affects how we're interacting with our families and our co-workers and everything. I mean, to me, there's that's a good example of how we're suffering from, from it. You know, there's just mm-hmm. this ingrained perspective that we take and the, the ingrained language that we use and the ingrained conceptualization of it is it causes a lot of suffering I think Mm -hmm.
1: yeah and it's like you said before you know it's the it's the denial of a basic reality which is that you know again growth and also preserving the integrity of something or the, the status quo are are basically like what it means to exist you know you can't you can't have one without the other and you can't you know not have both of those things maybe that's just a different way to say it but yeah um you know so it's it's denying that there's any value in preserving the status quo at all at at any point for any reason you know
2: which yeah that doesn't of course
1: there's value in
2: that yeah Yeah.
1: it's easy to see if you think about like when you feel like other people want you to change (laughs) because, because like in our, in our work with people and and just in our own lives, obviously there's um, this realization that people change really slowly Mm -hmm. and, and your basic personality doesn't actually change very much over your lifespan. You might feel like it does, but like people would look at you at age 10 and age 60 and be like, Yep. Still the same, same old guy. Same person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you are you might not even look that different. But, um, you know, but that doesn't mean that we don't try to change, you know, and grow over the lifespan. And hopefully we maybe, like, um, improve upon those that came before us and, and, you know, improve upon certain things that maybe we see and are aware of need changing, but also like we have this real resistance to like, to changing at all. Mm -hmm. Maybe just because someone else wants us to, or because it's like the expectation or there's lots of reasons we resist change, but like it's that natural, like uh
2: desire to stay the same. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 it's part of almost on a molecular cellular level. Mm-hmm. It's it's that ingrained mm-hmm. in us, right? It's it's this desire to keep and maintain homeostasis. Yeah, right. And yeah. That's like a biological <laughs> fact, fact and <laughs> reality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And. Just because we're talking about it on a biological, cellular level doesn't mean that it's irrelevant in this social context that we're talking about because it manifests in a very mm-hmm. real way in that in mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. context. Yeah. I mean, just look at, like, a plant. You can't even see it growing.
1: Like, it grows too slowly, mm-hmm. right? And it doesn't, you know, if you think about evolution, evolutionarily speaking you know it doesn't actually become usually a different plant over its lifespan it is the same plant it has the same basic qualities and makeup it just grows taller and bigger and maybe takes on some different shape depending on its environment and you know a lot of environmental factors but you know, the change is slow. And it, and it needs to be that way
2: to preserve life, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think another analogy is, is, you know, like changing your ideas or your beliefs about something. Mm-hmm. It it may s- seem like on the surface, you know, like you have this aha moment <laughs> and you're like, well, I don't believe that anymore. Uh-huh. And it's, it seems so sudden and that everything happened right there in that moment yeah but if you pulled outside of it really probably what you would find is there's there's there was a lot leading up to that aha moment (laughs) so it isn't that we just should be expected to just have these aha moments without Mm -hmm. any kind of process that's yeah i think that's unrealistic you know and it's so it's the same kind of thing i think you're talking about where we want others to to change their ideas and beliefs and perspectives and um i think sometimes we can apply some pretty unrealistic expectations to what the actual reality of that process mm-hmm. looks like you know mm-hmm. you're not you <laughs> usually when we change ideas and beliefs even if we have an aha moment there's a process leading up to that and yeah you know i think we could all take note of that and maybe give each other a little bit of respect by acknowledging that reality mm-hmm. yeah you're right i mean they're, they're like you said there are a lot that
1: there might've been a lot that led up to your realization, your aha moment. Um, you know, and another way to, that we see that is that, you know, someone might tell you something when you're 20 years old, that might be some good advice, right. Or truth. Um, but you're not ready for it. Right. And then when you're 40, there are, you know, there's 20 years of life lived in between there. It might, you just might hear it differently. Mm -hmm. You might not even remember that you heard it the first time because it sounds so different at that point in your life. That's a great example. Right? So that's exactly what you're talking about. It wasn't, it wasn't one moment. It was
2: 20 years of... Subtle, yeah, or (laughs) experiences, right? And a lot of that's, you know, pretty subtle process and largely unconscious probably, so... No, I think these examples that we're giving her highlight the process of like the natural desire for homeostasis and also the other part the other side of that reality is that things must change or, or evolve. I mean both when both are happening at the same time you know, that's that's th- there's a balance it seems mm-hmm. like that is is struck or yeah. or something there you know like it works life works yeah
1: when there's the balance right if it's too, i mean it it doesn't even exist but like if it's too much change too fast then it's just disorder disorder
2: disorder there's no actual life yeah that happens yeah so b- both both have to be both are a reality mm-hmm. and both have to be working mm-hmm. and I I think a lot of our the social difficulty that we're having now that's creating the suf- suffering is like just kind of like a basic or fundamental disregard or misunderstanding of these realities you know what I mean because mm-hmm. if our If our psychology is based off of these fundamental things that we're talking about Mm -hmm. then our conversations and the words that we use and how the approaches that we take have to be different Mm
0: -hmm.
2: because if they're informed by these two fundamental realities how could you speak differently you know what I mean like Mm
1: how how could you speak differently like how could you talk about it or or approach approach it in your own life and in others lives so that you like with the knowledge that these two forces
2: are at work and be, so be able to facilitate like life happening yeah better? yeah i mean i th- i think there's that question but what i think what i w- what i was saying is that if you acknowledge that these two fundamental Things are happening, and they're a reality, basically, kind of happening all of the time, everywhere. Mm-hmm. How could how could you use a psychology or a language mm-hmm. that would be in opposition to that?
0: Mm-hmm. If,
2: you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't make sense at all. Yeah. So, but is, but isn't that what is people it? are doing? Yeah, <laughs> right. But I I think it's because we're failing to recognize right. like this core fundamental thing mm-hmm. that's happening mm-hmm. all of the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It, it, we're forgetting that. And because I think we're forgetting that or overlooking it or not understanding it, right absolutely that's why we're talking about it the way we're talking about it, using the language that, we ha- that we're using, taking the approaches that we're taking. Yeah. It, ma- it makes me think that people are just trying to balance each other out. You
1: know, like that person's so liberal, I have to be more conservative because, yeah. because I just have to drag on them so that we don't go too far the other direction, you know?
2: Yeah, which kind of strengthens our, you know, what we're talking about, where there's this natural, like, biological yeah. cellular process happening right. where there's this desire for homeostasis and evolution, like yeah it what right. that looks like on a more meta level is you know a one person saying geez this 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 guy's way out there and mm-hmm. i need to compensate for that or offset it by taking these user values it's, yeah that's a perfect expression on a meta level of what kind of what we're talking about right yeah yeah and and it but how it, we're doing it yeah.
1: is, yeah. Is the thing. It, it, it makes me think that maybe what we're going through is kind of natural, <laughs> you know, that there's these, maybe growth is happening because, um, there is such intensity around this right now because there's kind of this growth that's taking place. Maybe we're wanting to progress and move forward. And then there's this pretty strong, like reaction to that, um, you know, like, don't change too fast, almost. Um, and I don't even think that the angst is really, like, um, not necessary. Or I just sometimes think that that's a part of growth. You know, when you're going through something personally and, and you're, like, growing, it usually
2: is kind of painful in some way. Yeah, it, it's – it growth or change, right, comes – kind of hand in hand with anxiety Mm -hmm. even if it's good change Mm -hmm. I mean I'm reminded like you know we were talking months and months ago well actually a year ago almost was had moved you know Mm -hmm. like was going through this moving process and was your your residence yeah moving my residence and Mm -hmm. was looking forward to where I was moving to extremely Mm -hmm. excited Mm -hmm. but there was a lot of anxiety and yeah. in there too like yeah it comes you know it comes saying that angst is
0: mm-hmm.
2: part of the deal part of the part of the package I suppose
1: yeah I, I, I always imagine when we're talking about this kind of stuff that like when plants are growing that they're actually experiencing this like pain you know and they want to <laughs> yeah. like scream out like constant ah. growth pain <laughs> yeah yeah this you know, because of this, this very, you know, tension that is there for them. You know, yeah. do they want to, do they want to grow and shed sales sales and become a new version of themselves? It doesn't, I mean, sure. I think a lot of people do have that sort of um, desire to grow and change, but like seeing that people don't do that very quickly makes me think we all have some resistance to it. Yeah. We want to stay ourselves.
2: Yeah, because otherwise it feels like chaos. Yeah, and we don't we don't really tolerate that very well. No.
1: So I want to define homeostasis real quick for oh, those yeah, of you who are not bi- biology majors. I'm not either, it, by the way. <laughs> me neither. It's just the desire of an organism to stay the same or to stay in the same state, you know, for safety. Yeah. Or right. Yeah. For, for safety or, or just to To like keep itself together, (laughs) you know, to not, not enter into disorder. So maybe that was obvious, but I just wanted to, since you keep using that big word. And the other thing that keeps coming to mind for me, as we talk about this dynamic is a practical example of how This might be occurring in the political dialogue um, with racism, because, you know, um, it's like you were saying before, like, you you know, you might have this aha moment, right, where you realize, um, you know, how racism could be woven into the fabric of our society or how it's apparent, you know, for people now, right? And, um, of course, you know, many of us would want that to just change as soon as it's brought up, but there's this, you know, you know, for, for those of us, you know, who have kind of like been able to grow and, you know, um, be educated about how that's, how that has happened over time, um, you know, the effects of slavery and trauma, all that trauma and stuff like that has been kind of woven into the the fabric of our society is something that comes to us um, at different times, at different points for different people, for different reasons, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, if you're going to help people to change and have realizations and kind of these light bulb moments about things like that, you're going to have to, continue to present the ideas. Right. But also realize that, um, not everyone's going to come to it at the same, in the same, uh, you know, through the same process, you know, or at, or at the same time, we, you might wish they would, you know, but, um, if people are going to really change, it's going to be because of everything that's led up to that moment has come together at that moment Mm -hmm. right and so um, yeah it's just an example of how that dialogue might you know we could look at that dialogue a little bit differently and um, you know realize that the change hasn't all the way taken place
2: and Mm. you know but it still can still could yeah so what what you're saying is that if, if we're consciously respecting this process that we're talking about right Mm -hmm. this process that involves the desire for homeostasis or to to preserve Mm -hmm. what's happening now right and also this natural process of like change Mm -hmm. right if we're consciously keeping that in the in 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 the forefront of our minds when we're engaging with people regardless of what it is actually but you know especially with what we're talking about now with the political stuff or racism then mm-hmm. that helps us engage in the conversation in a different way yeah yeah it get, getting
1: out of our entrenched views and seeing the whole picture mm-hmm. which is that yes we want things to change and also they won't change too quickly
2: yeah. right and and realizing
1: that that dynamic is at play
2: well it's it's and i don't want to oversimplify things or humans but you know it's it's funny because you know m- many of us <laughs> myself included i think it's you know i love plants and i like to I like to nurture them and make sure that they're like in the right spot, in the right environment, getting Mm -hmm. what they need to, so that they can do what they do, right? Mm -hmm. Or like your orchid, for example, right? (laughs) And so we're mindful of that process Mm -hmm. with plants, that it needs needs certain things to do what it needs to do. It Mm -hmm. needs to be get the right light, water, soil, all of this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And we know that. We know that. Mm -hmm. but so easily we can we can forget that that process is is happening with with humans so it's like you know (laughs) why? because they seem smarter well yeah well yeah more sophisticated but we're and we're but we're still bound by the same yeah biological forces you know so it's like we can garden all day and really be nurturing and loving to these plants and then we go to dinner at night and yell at our cousin about being (laughs) conservative or liberal and why can't they change now? It's really funny. You know what I mean? But, and I'm not, I'm guilty of that. It's the same thing. But it is, you know, those, that same force is happening, Mm -hmm. whether it be with plants or, or, or humans. And you would have to respect it because it's just a reality there, you know? Yeah. yeah respect the reality of these forces at work these apparently opposing forces yeah it's like if you know if we see a plant wilting and we care for that plant's growth so we immediately want to remove any obstacles that may be in place that keep the plant from getting what it needs to do what it needs to do right so we we want to remove the obstacles so, so that the plant can do its thing, mm-hmm. and that's informed by understanding this this process that's that's happening there. Mm-hmm. I
1: think. Yeah, when we're we're, uh, you know, just dealing with each other, talking to each other, um, trying to help each other. Uh, you know, we 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 talk a lot and think a lot about like a person's readiness to change, right? So, um, you know, and and a good example of this for for each of us is like when we're thinking and talking about our family members, you know, our parents or um, people with whom we might have difficulty um, or tension. Um, And, you, you know, or just someone in our life that could be a workplace relationship or something like that. Um, how likely is, is it that that person would change? Uh, first of all, how likely it is, is it that, that they could hear what you're saying, accept influence? And then, you know, the other dimension of that is like how likely it is that their basic personality, their general makeup would change. And those are, you know, related, but two different questions, right? Um, and, you know, we don't always know what's going to get a person ready. Um, for change or to hear something in that light bulb moment way. Um, But we know there's a lot of groundwork that has to be laid a lot of times. Right. So those are the conditions that you're talking about. When you put a plant in a position to grow, you can't make it grow. We've talked about this before on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. previous episodes. Um, You don't pull on it to help it grow. You give it, you put it in the right place and provide the conditions that might be make it more likely that it would change and grow sure so
2: maybe we need to do more thinking about that you know i i think it could i think it could help because it's i'm not i'm not sure about this but you know i think there's a lot of people out there that feel like this the the tension either shouldn't be happening or is bad and i i get it because Mm I work with people all day who are feeling the weight of that and and I do too and so it makes sense to me why there may be a lot of people that feel like it, you know that that tension or the conflict shouldn't shouldn't be happening and I'm not saying it should be happening like you know how it is happening but I do think what we have the opportunity to do is To acknowledge that there are some realities that that we have to really look at and integrate into how we're seeing things so that we can not 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 have the tension because that that isn't the problem it's Mm -hmm. it's how we're doing the tension it's Mm -hmm. how we're approaching the tension I think that's that's the problem Mm-hmm. If that, if that makes sense. Without, without the view
1: of what we're talking about, the larger view of mm-hmm. seeing that this tension is always happening, it's necessary, it's a requisite part
2: of life and existence. Sure. Well, I mean, I guess, I don't know what you think about this it just came into my mind, but it's, you know, the, the word differentiation, right? Mm-hmm. Which i mm-hmm. well, you can clarify I use this big <laughs> word and then you can clarify it. but it's like I, I feel like that's happening all of the time mm-hmm. in every moment with everything all of the time differentiation yeah and yeah and isn't that almost kind of like the process of yes trying to preserve what's happening and also mm-hmm. moving forward and, and this it's differentiation so how we're how society and people understand that process and acknowledge it, mm-hmm. and can hold on to that and use that to inform,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, these political and, and racial things. From my perspective, that recontextualizes the whole the whole thing. Or yeah. could, sure, uh, a good way to think about differentiation would be like,
1: if you know anything about cells back to biology, you know, um, cells divide themselves and sort of become new cells. Um, I'm not even exactly sure how that works, but like, we know that there's like this process of, you know, something dying or, you know, having a division that then produces growths and, and kind of pushes the organism into new, um, Space or into a new kind of makeup or structure for itself, and so you know, differentiation. I think is kind of as we think about it in relational terms or organizational terms, would be like that process taking place, um, which can seem like the shedding that we've talked about, necessary for growth, can can feel a little bit like death, or it can feel like um, it's disruptive and disrupting the organism and feels like it's bad or it feels like it's hurtful to the organism, but it is the process of growth. So, yeah. um, you know, pr- progress might feel a little bit like that differentiation, right? Um, it's growth into new territory, but it doesn't mean that the old was Bad. In fact, the old informs it. The, yeah, it informs it. the The old makeup of the organism is what actually produced the conditions for the growth to be happening. Yeah. Right. So um, we can't uh, just move on without it, without being informed by it, and we can't um, just move into ter- new territory without the old, without the um, conditions that made the growth possible. we we have to also hold that and hold on to it and um, again not you know good way to think about it is maybe not change
2: too fast yeah well it's like you know when we're it may be and understandable another way to maybe look at differentiation is you know if there are you know someone someone that you're talking to that you care about right that you're connected to right Mm -hmm. and they have different views and they are communicating those views to you maybe even pressing them on you Mm -hmm. it's it literally you know it it kind of feels like if you take those views on you will you'll lose yourself and you don't want to lose yourself right that's the same thing as like a cell wanting to just like maintain homeostasis it's no mm-hmm. different right mm-hmm. and so we're when we enter into these these dialogues you know especially like in the political climate there's this fear that we're gonna lo- lose our lose ourself or to to be or to maintain myself i have to be disconnected or separate from this person or these other people mm-hmm. which is that's where like you know relationships are devolving the idea is that like you know a good way to be able to have like a healthy level of differentiation is to be separate as as separate as you are connected mm. yeah
1: Ooh, that's good can you say
2: more about that well you know How i mean you do that so i've gotten great um lessons just along my life you know where. You know, m- different members of my families, f- my family have um, very different perspectives than I do, mm-hmm. and um, that's all that's well known in our family. That you know, we we all think differently, right? And so inherent, and in, especially like in my family of origin, there are members who who feel differently, and naturally, there's. There's, there's conflict that, that can come up and or tension, but because like in our family it's a it's valued that someone it's it's important for us to be able to be ourselves and to be how we want to be mm-hmm. um, and to give ourselves our own permission for that although there's been differing opinions and conflict that's arisen at at the end of the day, it's, it's helped us continue to stay connected, even though we have these very different views. And so Mm -hmm. we're, we're maybe separate in our identity or in our beliefs. They're, they're different, but we're still connected and have meaningful relationship in Mm -hmm. our family. So there's, that's, Maybe yeah. an example of what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like you can't really leave where you came from totally behind, right? I mean, you're, you're always going to be connected with the way you were raised. And, you know, it's even in the way that you look and the way that in your mannerisms and stuff like that, you, uh, you will never be totally separate from where you came from. Um, and so just to respect that reality... Right. It's not that you can't be different and it's not that you can't leave it behind Um, in some ways and to some degree. But you'll never be able to cut yourself off from where you came from.
0: Yeah.
2: So. And, And so, you know, when we're talking about that, that differentiation, you know, I think it's it's difficult. It seems like. You know, or like apparently it's difficult that you know our our leaders are having a difficult time finding a way to establish some degree of like healthy differentiation right like Mm -hmm. one side's very interested in holding on to themselves Mm -hmm. well each one is right (laughs) each one is yeah. very interested in holding on to themselves because the presence of the op- opposition is a threat to the self and it's like
0: mm-hmm.
2: if we if we can get better at, at at managing and navigating that and knowing that that, that process is, is just there all of the time I, th- I think it
0: mm-hmm.
2: it recontextualizes the whole experience to where opposition. It doesn't necessarily look like opposition. It 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 looks like something different.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: It's just the other
1: necessary side.
2: See, it's the other side of the coin.
1: Yeah, I think our leaders, our political leaders, are 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 just sort of like I mean, they're tr- they're just trying to get elected a lot of times, so they're speaking you know, values though, and agendas that reflect our inner, um, values and, and beliefs and feelings really. Right. And, and so that's why we vote for them because they appeal to our, um, what is important to us. They're good, they're good at that. Right. That's their, that's kind of their job. But so, um, you know, on a personal level, we ourselves hold these, these ideals, um, that we put hope in, right? So I want to talk a little bit about hope and, you know, the ways that it can be valuable and the ways that it cannot be valuable, right? Because I think, you know, in this, in our political landscape, we are putting a lot of hope in the values and ideals that we think are right. And we think maybe we'll make our lives really worth living, (laughs) you know? Um, and, and, you know, there's kind of this, um, on the other side of that, kind of this fear that if we, uh, if our values aren't sort of upheld by our government, um, by our elected officials that we won't have a good life for instance. Right. Um, and, uh, so that's, that's one of the reasons that people are holding so tightly to their views. Right. Because this, these are the things that will, um, that will realize like whatever our version of the American dream are Mm -hmm. is. And so when we put hope in our values, when we put hope in our ideals, just, you know, our, our, our sort of like um, narrow, narrow view of what life should be like, um, then it, it, we lose sight of like the value and the counterbalancing of, you know, differentiation and change happening and also like in, to some degree, to some measure, staying the same. Right, we lose sight of this the value in, in both of those and it just feels like we're losing hmm. something. The, hmm. the self is threatened, hmm. like you said. And it means the opposite of whatever a good life is. Yeah. Is is gonna is gonna happen and and so you know, putting putting value or hope in our in our ideals about what the good life is, um, what is most important. Um, is something that that is creating a lot of
2: tension right now. So could you say that although hope is definitely applicable to progression, right, or mm-hmm. evolution or moving forward, mm-hmm. that hope could also, a harmful way would be that it causes us to kind of regress in some ways. Mm-hmm yeah
1: how, how would you see that happening like how, how does hope create some sort of regression like the hope that things wouldn't change sure mm-hmm. I mean
2: I think if we're hope can I think it, number one just a disclaimer I think hope <sighs> can absolutely be good and extremely powerful so there's that <laughs> but I also think that hope Um, can be destructive because it can very easily be a way of us um, trying to hold on to a fantasy that is there to keep us to keep us happy or, Mm -hmm. or satisfied or safe and keeps us from acknowledging just a rea- a reality or something that's true
0: mm-hmm.
2: yeah you might have um you could
1: obviously have hope that things change um everybody kind of professes that at least but you but you might have backwards hope like hoping things don't change that things stay the same you know um then and, and Um, you know, like this is a little bit like nostalgia, right? Uh, you know, we remember the times in the past when things were good, um, when America was great, right? Mm. Or, um, we, this happens personally a lot, a lot at the holidays, right? Uh, we, we remember our childhood when we didn't, didn't know like all the negative things about the world and like the holidays were just kind of magical. Right.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's a
1: good one. And so it's this backwards hope of um, if only we could go back to that time when, fill in the blank, you know. Yeah. Uh, when things were magical, mm-hmm. right, in America and in our families, right? And there's nothing inherently wrong with, like, wanting to repeat that, right? We just have to realize um, maybe we need to also have forwards hope, which is that we can have a new um, and better future. It just might be different than what we want to hold on to in the past, which is the only, maybe the only thing that we knew as good and positive, right?
2: Well, it's almost kind of like maybe what you're suggesting is, you know, it could be helpful for us to find new ways of doing the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I think people get sort of cynical, you know, in terms of
1: their personal lives, remembering the times when things were good, when they were innocent and didn't know as much as they know. And, and then, you know, you kind of grow up and become cynical because now you know all the things that were actually happening that you just weren't aware of when you're, you know, able to experience just the jo- pure joy without any of the, um, any of the negative stuff, but you know, as we, I, I would say that like losing your innocence isn't necessarily a bad thing because if, if we're going to have like a, a mature and, um, just like a, a, like a, a self that, um, is able to incorporate good and bad into like a healthy and coherent sense of the world and sense of self, um, it's be, it's going to be including all the stuff that we know that's mm. that's bad,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, and it's not it's actually better, I think, you know, than just wanting to go back to that sort of illusion of what was um, pure joy. Yeah.
2: Nostal- yeah. Nostalgia. Yeah. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's a good example of how hope can be, I don't know, it can be dangerous. I'll just just say Mm -hmm. that. We have to be careful with Mm -hmm. how we're engaging hope because I think, you know, a lot of the, like, social programming is that, you know, hope is always good or keep hope at all costs, right? But, and I think we just kind of unconsciously just kind of, run that hope program not really stepping back and thinking about it but at least from my perspective as beautiful and as powerful as hope can be it can be equally as 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 destructive and i think we have to be careful about hope and Mm. not only what we're putting our hope into but how we're doing that as well
1: i mean you could you could basically what we're saying if you if you sort of like you know follow the implications of what we're saying is like the hope can be destructive and and almost to blame for like all the ugliness in our dialogue right now, the the political dialogue, the social dialogue, um, because people are so tightly um, attached to their, Ideals mm-hmm. to what they think is going to, um, you know, give them a good life or, um, you know, their ideas of how other people should change are just so, like, tightly held that, you know, the way that they talk to each other is less than responsible. Sure. Um, so, but the type of hope that is good is that maybe things can be better through all of this. If we have a good view of, um, these forces of, you know, progress and also, um, maintaining the status quo, if we know that that's happening and we can sort of like, then we can facilitate growth, like you said, with a plant, put it, give it, put it in the right, um, conditions for growth to take place Mm -hmm. then maybe it will happen growth
2: yeah
1: as a species
2: yeah I i think this is a great way to put it
1: and you have to do that for other people too right like even though it seems like some of these people who you're talking to are incapable of changing that's probably not true not ever true Right. I mean, it it seems that way. And maybe it will take a long time. And maybe it's not even like really probable in in a lifetime, in one lifetime. You know, but maybe that's too um,
2: too short of a timeline to give people. (laughs) Well, I mean, if we go back to these two forces, right, Mm -hmm. that there's this biological drive for change or evolution or growth, right? And also this biological drive for homeostasis, Mm -hmm. right? Or preservation, right? Mm -hmm. Then both are happening at the the same time and both will Mm -hmm. happen. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a person can, cannot, Stay the same, even if you know, through observation day in and day out, they're maintaining beliefs.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, usually, sometimes what it looks like over a longer period of time is that they maybe have their beliefs in a different way, <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so there's just subtle changes, sure, uh-huh. but both are happening. Yeah. at the same time
0: yeah.
1: so I'm not sure if I brought this up before but like well, I know I've talked to you about it but like taking like a really long view of things like we tend to think in terms of our own lifetime right that the world is just going to end like any time, right it could end like in the next 10 years people don't see much past you know the hundred years that they exist in but like what if life and the world went on for another like thousand years or what if it went on for another million years or what if it went on for another like 10 billion years mm-hmm. like what what do you th- how would you think about the changes that need to be made in those terms instead of like
2: this person in front of me needs to change now your whole, your approach would be totally different right yeah and the, the the change process that you're talking about is it's just more true it's, it's, <laughs> it's how it more actually more based in real but based in reality yeah
1: i mean evolution is macro evolution is not really something that we perceive happening mm-hmm. we don't see it in a lifetime we see it over billions millions and billions of years right so like what do you expect the human species will look like if it if it even is a species in five hundred million years? I yeah.
2: think we will be different, right? I mean, science and logic says that there's no no way we would be the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess I
1: guess the take um from that is like um, to do your part in making the change happen and realize like maybe the whole species will not evolve um, overnight, you know, and, and maybe your responsibility is just to do your part in like helping your little um, sphere change subtly or, or even just
2: become more ready for change. Yes. I also think a practical way to do that is to explore how, you know, I'm always telling people, you know, especially clients, like, I don't want you to believe me. <laughs> I don't want you to just believe what I'm saying. I want mm-hmm. you to really consider what I'm saying and test it or, you know, mm-hmm. ex- explore it. But, you know, we're, you and I are talking about these forces, right? The force of. Mm-hmm. The natural biological force of wanting to, to, like, change or grow and evolve and this natural biological approach of wanting uh, to pre- preserve sameness or mm-hmm. the status quo or homeostasis, the sameness, right, to keep things the same, that these forces are happening in each organism really actually at at the same time equally, right? Right. A good practical thing to do is to explore how those forces are working in you. In your own life. Right. Mm-hmm. And give yourself an opportunity to really be clear and honest with yourself about how those forces are playing in you and what they look like mm-hmm. and how they've caused um, good and great and powerful and love lovely things in your life, but also destructive things, mm-hmm. you know, and... Mm-hmm. Because I think mm-hmm. if we can really take a step back and see how those forces are at play in us at the same time, mm-hmm. and we can get clear about that, we're not gonna we're not going to interact with others the, the same if we really <laughs> give ourselves an opportunity to do that. You yeah, know? kind of explore your own resistance, right? And and uh,
1: yeah, how both of those. Maybe, you know, like the disorder and and the, you know, need for order or the refusal to change um, have been destructive, but maybe also how those have been helpful. If we can be honest with ourselves, then we can be more empathetic.
2: Yeah. And just acknowledging the reality that those forces are at play in us Mm -hmm. all the time. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, we're trying to always find that. Or manage that balance and find this like differentiation, or this balance of you know managing the two, finding the balance there. That's good. Like look that's to good. yourself and see how that this process that we're talking about could be true and alive, mm-hmm. and get clear about that because I think that informs how you
0: mm-hmm.
2: interact with others. You know,
1: no doubt. It's good. We'd love to hear from you all. You can find a single tree podcast on Facebook and SoundCloud, and now now on Spotify. Nice. So we'll let Elvis Perkins take us out. Thank you, Elvis. <laughs> it's good to talk to you all. We'll talk to you soon.
0: While you were sleeping, the money died. Machines were harmless, and the earth sighed. Wind you swept sound and gravity brought my love around the oceans rose, sang about decay while the witches